Everyone, welcome to Very Full Upstream number 33. We're here with a pretty large cast. We've got like six on right now. We've got Alex, front-end developer, Brandon, as well as an app developer. We've got editor-in-chief of Crackberry, Ladies in the House. Well, we've got Kev Colazzo, artist, performer, badass. <laughs> That's amazing. And at the tail, we have Jubei Arcio. How you doing? How's everyone doing tonight? Swimmingly, my friends. Yeah, can't complain. I'm really excited that Kevin's on. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. I appreciate it. He's rocking that hat well. I agree. I agree. <laughs> There's not a lot to talk about this week. I mean, we've got a couple key topics that I think should be discussed. Let's start out with limited edition passport in gold, black and gold. Um, this is a gold-colored steel. It's not actually gold. I, I like to put that clarification out there. But what do you guys think of it coming in at the eight ninety-nine, a thousand-dollar price range? Only limited run, fifty. I think that's like the smallest production on Blackberry's ever really done on the device. What are, what are some of your thoughts on it, guys? I thought it was interesting that it wasn't actual gold for that price range. Yeah, and only 50 units. But then you look at it, it's like if you look at the I-beam uh, construction of it, if they would have actually replicated identically the same as the, like, the steel that's there now and did it with gold, I don't know if that would have actually... Uh, that price would have probably been substantially higher considering how much uh, would have been utilized. Um, but gold-colored steel for that price was like, wow. But then again, it sold out in minutes. It sold out fast enough that I couldn't even buy one. Like, I literally tried to buy one, and I couldn't even buy one. Well, it, it was, was only like, 50 units, right? So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even, it, it, like, pretty much if if a few, like, people wanted it, it would have been hard for anybody to get, no matter how early they got up for it. And that's the other thing. For 50 units, you'd think they'd be charging a bit more if it's just gonna if it's gonna be that limited. Yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say that, which this makes me feel like it's more of a publicity stunt than it is them trying to make a quick box. Oh yeah, it's totally a publicity stunt. It's not. It, it doesn't even. It doesn't even attract the individual who likes a high end luxury item. You know what I mean? It. It's not real gold, so <laughs> you don't even have that luxury item. You just you just have the privilege of saying that you have one of fifty. And it just so happens to be gold colored, which is, it is on its own rather interesting. But it's a little bit of a question mark too, because I mean you have these other companies that do make their gold version of the uh, BlackBerry devices. You have Porsche that comes out with their high-end design. You know, BlackBerry coming out with their own seems a little strange for me. You know, you got you got your white, you got your red, you got your limited edition red, and you got your black. And then they just kind of throw out this gold kind of out of uh, left field. So it's just like, hmm, it's just something we're going to be testing the waters here. We're going to be uh, anticipating some more uh, colors, uh, colorways coming in the future. In, in my opinion, at least, I think they saw that these companies were charging $2,000. And they're like, hmm, let's do some math. We can make $50,000 like that. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> For for riding a craze that was like artificially created by fans who want that luxurious experience, so <laughs> I think I think they're going with it, and I think there's smart. there's no reason that they couldn't have done a uh, 24 karat gold limited edition themselves and charge more for it, but people would have looked at it as like a high end luxury item at that point. It's and not, I think, right? I think as well, uh, uh, Jude, when when we talk about it, you, you mentioned Porsche design. <laughs> 
maybe the gold variant of Passport is something they're reserving for the high-end Porsche design. I mean, who knows? At this rate, they're going to get the Z30 next, and then they're going to get a... <laughs> In, it's just funny life. because let's say you have a gold, an actual real gold passport that's being sold, and then you have the BlackBerry Limited Edition black and gold. It's like, oh, is that the real one or the fake one? <laughs> it's just kind of like, uh, I, I don't gonna, know. I'm, I'm going to drop 25 and, you know, support 5K. I'm going to get one, and I'm going to make them etch one on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have either number one or number 50, though. That'd be awesome. I don't, I, I don't really want anything in between. I just want number one or I want number 50. <laughs> but hey, they were like, they were selling for over $2,000 on eBay. So people actually were buying them. At least one of them went for two, over $2,000 on eBay. And it's not even real gold. You can buy a real gold one for that price. Blackberry should just sell those 50 units and then get like an employee to buy them all. And then sell it on eBay, and all the profits go to Blackberry. So thousand dollars, they actually make the two thousand dollars. That's uber sketchy. That's boss silly. That's that's that's, re that's research emotion stuff right there. This tells us a little bit more on uh, how the way you think, Brandon. More than yeah. I love how you have like an actual microphone. Are you, you going to serenade us a little bit? Well, to to quote another big Blackberry Blackberry fan, Drake. As long as the outcome is income. <laughs> Drops mic. <laughs> Get off the stage. <laughs> it's like bad karaoke night. <laughs> so moving on from the limited edition passport in black and gold, we had a letter from Chen directed toward different members of Senate and Congress, and basically he's parlaying the whole argument of net neutrality and the different qualms therein and kind of segues it into a conversation about application neutrality. Um, I'll let you guys get into it a little bit more. What are some of your thoughts? The media had a very mixed reaction to his statement abroad. Dun, 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 dun. Let's go in order. We'll start with Alex, Brandon, and then we'll Chris. Alex, I know you have some, some, some things you've been keeping regarding this topic. Yeah, so I guess a lot of what these news articles tried to make it out to be, at least, was that Chen was confused on what net neutrality was, and he was saying, well, net neutrality is also app neutrality in a sense, which that's, like, completely wrong, and I know Chen, you know, this guy's a genius. He's able to turn around, you know, dying humongous companies to and then selling them for billions of dollars. I think he understands what net neutrality is, and it's its own separate thing. His idea is just that, well, why don't we take this concept and transition it over to apps because apps really are, you know, the mobile aspect of, like, what a phone is and then tying with Internet of Things, like, it's an important factor. So he brought up a few examples of Netflix, for example, and I think his points were more coming out of frustration where we've been trying to get Netflix to just put their their app in BlackBerry World, because it works totally fine. Like, their Android version works completely fine, and it has worked for a long time. But they're still, like, against it. So it, it doesn't make sense. So he's just kind of saying, why don't these big, large companies just go and invest the money, or not even invest the money, and just go and port it over um, when it already works? And it's just people blew this out, you know, to crazy things, saying that Chen's an idiot, and can't believe we backed him before, and it's just 
they're trying to, I swear they're trying to manipulate the stock because that's all people like to do. They, they hear the little thing from BlackBerry and they blow it up huge, manipulate the stock, buy the stock, sell the stock. I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's the mass huh. media. Take, take a breath, media. Alex. Take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could tell you were almost as frustrated as Chen was in his letter. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what are some of your thoughts on it? Again, you, you bring that developer side. Uh, I kind of saw it from a different perspective. As we all know, when BlackBerry 10 was first coming out, everybody was saying, oh, why don't you pay Netflix to get their app on your platform? Why don't you pay this other company money to get it on the platform? At the end of the day, people were thinking that BlackBerry had millions of dollars to, to toss left and right at developers. And what we're seeing now, with, especially with new platforms coming into the game, is that a lot of these big developers like Netflix, it doesn't really cost them, but it costs them money to bring an app but the amount of money they're asking to get brought in and paid to them to bring those apps over to your platform, it's kind of, in some way, it's kind of like blackmail to get them onto your platform. So I think maybe Chen was touching on it from that type of an aspect where a lot of these developers, even though they don't need those large entire sums of money to bring the app to their platform, they're kind of using it as leverage um, for your platform. Listen, Netflix is a huge app. You want us on your ecosystem, you're going to have to pay us for the right to have us on your ecosystem. No, he's right, though. I mean, there is a big kind of play in the exclusivity, you know? They have their own targeted user base and demographic. So I can see why they want to kind of keep that exclusive and not kind of just put it out everywhere. Especially if there is a, you know, a way that they can leverage money from it. Absolutely. Chris, what are some of your thoughts on app and or net neutrality? Uh, I think basically when I, what I'd like to look at was what Chen actually said and how he went about saying it because I don't think the message was necessarily delivered in the way that he expected. It seemed like he wanted to get this message out there, and I, I agree with what Brandon was saying. But he wanted to get this message out there and highlight some of that stuff to be able to go ahead and, you know, attract some attention with it. But unfortunately, it just it seemed like he didn't necessarily get the right message. He didn't say exactly what he was saying. And that, when, when you're not really clear on what it is that you're saying, you sometimes have to go back and elaborate a little bit more on it. And he didn't have the opportunity to do that as of yet. So the media just running with it. In in some ways, I do believe that he was kind of crazy in saying it, <laughs> because it, it, the whole idea itself is slightly crazy, but in saying that, it's not that too outlandish in the way that people are representing it. You know, it's not like he wants all of the governments to essentially go out and tell people that you have to make an app for this platform. He was just highlighting the fact that that is the situation that they're ignoring certain platforms and certain platforms are getting left behind in that scenario and it could be controlled a little bit better because of the the, the networks that you're using the apps on and the internet and the, the flow of information and all of that. So in some ways, yeah, you could say that he was slightly crazy in raising that point, but he should have elaborated on the message a little bit better. And that's That's where I think the misstep came from, and people are running with it and saying that he's, he's, he's nutty, like he's off his rocker, and you know damn well that he's not, you know, he's not that crazy. He took on BlackBerry, but, you know, 
in that sense, he's he has he's done some crazy things, and he you know he spits out some random stuff when he's talking. Uh, he's crazy in that sense, but I don't think he's you know that loopy that he doesn't understand the world that's going on around him. I'm pretty sure he does, unlike what some people are representing it as. <laughs> I think I think he may understand the world a little bit better than maybe everyone else does. I mean, yeah, they're as as Gretzky said, you know, they're playing to where the puck is going to be. Yeah. Not where it is right now. So maybe it is nutty, it's wacky. Maybe it's nutty to have a gesture-based OS with no buttons on the face <laughs> as your first foray back into a market with a new operating system. Yeah. You know? We'll, we'll see what BlackBerry has in terms of that, but I'm interested in seeing what Kevin has to say in terms of actual net neutrality. To, to be very honest, that when I first saw the quotes... Um, I'm sure everybody thought that Jen was a little bit loopy on some aspects of it. But <laughs> when you when you take quite a few steps back, because we're clearly very close to the BlackBerry situation, okay? We always love the fact that um, you know our applications are going to be native. You know, we want that to be the case. And if we can't get our native apps, then we're going to want some other third-party kind of company to come on in and give us something that we've been really hoping for. Um, so when Chen is is saying that the the net neutrality is clearly not in BlackBerry's favor at the moment. You have to agree to it. You have to agree when you really look at what's going on. Because I mean, even even uh, you know President Obama in the U.S. here is basically saying this. Um, he's trying to get you know complete net neutrality, and he is saying that he doesn't want there to be any gatekeepers preventing you from getting the services that you want and the services that you need. So that's one area that we all have to look at. The mobile technology is clearly you know coming into the forefront if it hasn't already done this over the last you know five years now and it's only going to continue to do so in the future so what we're looking at is okay where does it go from there you know what is it we're going to need what is it that's going to change and that's one area that has to really be looked at so that uh, you know not only just you know those people that are stuck on Blackberry who are not looking to leave for whatever reason but also those people that you know, when, when you're looking at how they're going to continue to make money and, and how they're going to profit in the future, or even the developers, like some of you guys over here, how are you guys going to continue to make more money? You know, if you really expand out to all these other platforms, those people are going to wind up purchasing your application, even if it's just, a, you know, yeah, it's going to be hard work, I'm sure, but there's going to be a lot more people that are going to wind up buying into those applications. So, it's a, you know, why not go for that? Why wouldn't it be something that's pretty logical to go for Definitely seems like a logical progression, especially in the state of mobile, as we know. Um, Jubei, wrap it up here for us. What are some of your insights, uh, thoughts and insights here? Well, I definitely think the whole move is layered. Uh, you have a political element to it that um, can expand into a huge discussion as far as net neutrality. He introduced the idea of uh, app neutrality. And in the app neutrality, uh, neutrality I have like a... Uh, bit of a theory going on here. I think uh, Chris and, and Kevin are right in, in respects to acknowledging that there's a situation out there um, with these uh, companies such as Netflix who just seems to kind of not care and you have that has that needs to be addressed somehow. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the move that Chen did I think it was a little bit of a stretch to compare net neutrality with app neutrality. I, I don't see too much of a connection outside of the fact that Chen is trying to say that 
you have people out there who want services and you have companies out there that develop certain apps for only certain ecosystems and seem to ignore the rest and there has to be some sort of fair balance. I get that. Especially given that everyone's accessing the internet uh, mobily now more than ever, more than desktops as of last year. So it's, it's an important discussion to have. Um, but I still don't really see the connection so much as far as particular apps because if you're going to go down that road you know, the rationale is going to be, well, if I go, let's say, to uh, a local supermarket and um, there's a particular brand of bread that they don't have, but in this in Trader Joe's they have it, you know, am I going to make a political case out of it? Now I'm going to say, oh, there needs to be bread neutrality now. I need to be able to have <laughs> the bread I want in every supermarket. Oh so it, it, it's like, where, where does the buck stop? There has to be, there's a business element to it. These developers only care about one thing, business. You know, when I look at Brandon, when I, when I look at uh, Alex, they want to put out a product, a successful product, a great product, and they want it to sell. And developers are going to go where the money is. That's just the way it works. Um, I think to, to touch on that point right there, what you're talking about, even just the, the bread as an example, but if I go to ShopRite, okay, and they have a certain type of coffee that I absolutely love. And I go to Hannaford's, and they do not. Hannaford's is close to me. Is this something that they are necessarily aware of? Probably not. You know, and, and that's what it really comes down to. It's really enlightening those that other side that may not be aware of what is out there and what is available and what is actually in demand. You know, so it's just it's just reaching out and stretching out to that sense. You know. Um. Yeah, I agree. And the other aspect, the theory that I have is that, you know, I, it could be possible that Chen has something up his sleeve in the future. I had an idea, and I think I shared this with James before a few months ago. We're talking about, um, and we might have uh, spoken about it on Upstream too, the idea where there is a universal platform where developers make one app and that it is interchangeable and compatible with all the OSs to eliminate uh, the nightmare for developers to, you know, as far as porting, uh, you know, their apps and, and developing from multiple ecosystems, developing one app that's compatible with all the other ones. Perhaps there is something down in the pipeline. Looking at where um, BlackBerry is headed, you look at the, the, you know, with BES 12, you look at the BBM, you look at um, their ability to accommodate uh, with QNX and CarPlay and all that stuff. You see how now they have that sort of mentality of neutrality with everything that they offer. Is this hinting at, you know, something that, uh, as far as Project Ion, the Internet of Things, as uh, Chris cringes slightly at the term, um, is this something that we can anticipate them trying to get behind, trying to create something? Go, Alex. Yeah, I mean, so realistically, say that there is this one platform that kind of works with everything. Um, right now, the only thing that exists really is HTML5, and you're not going to get the same experience on all platforms. Um, but realistically, and I think this is where Chen is really trying to get at the net or the the app neutrality thing is, okay, so it is really an Android and Apple's benefit to have all the app developers, they don't want the app developers on BlackBerry. They don't want them on Windows Phone. If there are equal apps across BlackBerry, Windows Phone, Android, and iOS, then they lose a competitive advantage, and 
it's not in their interest for that to happen. So the whole thing with net neutrality works kind of the same way, where if you're forced to use Verizon or Comcast and they're giving you crappy, you know, internet and they're and they're just they're they're terrible to their customers, but you have to use them because they're the only one offering the service. And then when they start manipulating the service and then like you don't have a choice to leave them because they're manipulating the service. It's the same way with apps. If you're pretty much manipulated to where you have to use Android or iOS, BlackBerry is getting screwed over because they don't have the app. So BlackBerry is saying, in order for, for this to be equal, we should all get equal apps because it's getting to a point where people are actually choosing a platform simply because of the apps. So if the platform doesn't have the apps, they might not even go with you. So that's where he's trying to get in the sense of it being equal and fair and free. So yeah, it would be great to have one platform to build an app that works on everything, but I think Apple and even Google would actually fight that because it's not necessarily good for them. Yeah, in their best interest. Yeah. That's where, that's where yeah. I think he lost the message. Like he didn't he didn't make it 100% clear that that was the message that he was trying to get out there. He said, it's almost like he said the how, he said the why and the what, but not the how. Like he didn't say how that was going to happen to bridge the gap for people to understand it. For me, the comparison is, is kind of a smart one. This is Alex kind of touched on a little bit. There are some carriers that throttle customers, you know. Developers sometimes inhibit potential users by not choosing a platform. It, it's all about access. I don't think you can fix the net neutrality problem without really fixing kind of the portal to the data, and that's the apps, you know. Who cares if data is free-flowing on the Internet if people are inhibiting it, just like Netflix is inhibiting us from actually using it on BlackBerry. It's a broader conversation, and I think it went over a lot of the media's head. Just like Jubei's passport article did. Yeah, it's a massive conversation to have, but the thing is is that it got summed up into one singular blog post, and it really wasn't a clear blog post. And, of course, with it being BlackBerry, everybody decided to go ahead and jump on it and get whatever they could out of it and, you know, some of it was good. Some of them were like, yeah, that's kind of not a bad idea. And some people thought Jenny was totally off his rocker. I don't necessarily think that's the case. It just it it's it needs to be a broader conversation. We could probably sit here and handle like an hour worth of this conversation or make it the whole damn podcast. And we still wouldn't have, you know, the the proper knowledge out of the conversation as to what Chen was exactly leaning towards. And that's, I don't know, to me, that's a terrible situation to actually leave hanging because, as you see, the media will run with it. And, you know, you know what happens when the media runs with stuff. Yeah. yeah. It stops to go up and down. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think it was him trying to make spark creative, you know, thoughts, you know, have people discuss it. But obviously the media is instead just going after Chen. That's not what he wanted. He just wanted people to discuss. And that's not, like... Screw BlackBerry. Like, I, I think he even wanted to remove the word BlackBerry. He just yeah. means platforms in general. But instead, everyone's just going after Chen. You're an idiot for saying that. Like, it's like, that's not what he was trying to do. It was just to spark discussion, exactly what we're doing right now. Like, exactly. this is what he wanted. So let me ask everybody this. In, with, with us knowing the outcome, knowing what happened, and everything along that lines, do you think that all of these blog posts going out are creating discussion, or is it like a positive discussion? Is it a negative discussion? Does you know? 
where where does everybody end up in terms of that discussion? Was this a good thing to actually get out there to have discussed, or does it really reflect poorly on black men? To me, the media is shallow. The general mass media. So they're not going to discuss this. They op they copped out by just blaming Chen for being you know calling him an idiot. I don't think they went deeper with it. Maybe in the comments, maybe you know people defending the idea. But like you said, if he had, it's almost like they needed to take BlackBerry out of it and do something separate. Do it on LinkedIn, not be inside BlackBerry blog, you know? James, what are we looking at? No, we're just looking at some of the, the quotation here on the, on the back end from the actual blog post and focusing like on big names like Apple does not allow, Netflix, BlackBerry, iPhone, Android. He had an integrated conversation. I just wish, as, as Blaze said, that it was better received and better given out to the media. That's an interesting okay. statement there. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna jump to their conclusions right off the bat from the first thing that they disagree with, and, and you're going to kind of expect that. I mean, we've, as, as BlackBerry fans, we've always expected that type of uh, reaction from those on other platforms. Um, you know, we could always, you know, hope to, to see more improvement, and I think that's really all Chen is really looking for, just to try to kind of open up and look and, hey, hey, this is a problem that has been here that we've been dealing with since day one, and it's out there in the open now, and you can try to dispute it. Feel free to try to dispute that. And you can't, you know. So right now, I think it's uh, it may appear as a negative for BlackBerry, but I think when people actually sit down and actually read what he's saying, and they they can't again, they cannot dispute what he's actually saying here. Now, I'm in no position to to say that anybody should force a developer to have to create for any platform. You know, you're not going to mandate them to do such things. You know, it's it's simply it's going to be their choice, sure. But if the options are there, and if you're saying you just want to make money. If you have a, if you have a means to do so, then why wouldn't you? Especially as easy it is to, to just get it ported over. Can so I just I think put that's where he's looking at? Can I just put the BlackBerry 10 OS numbers in perspective? I think we have like about 14 million users now, or 14 million devices that were sold in the wild now. That's 14 million potential customers. I mean, there's countries that have less than 14 million people, and lots of companies go and provide services for them. I mean, I, I just think we, it's BlackBerry, what they're experiencing now is just an outcome of the exponential times that we live in. Companies don't want to, you know, do the effort to get one or two million or, or even 10 million new people. They want to get an entire continent on yeah. instead of yeah. spending that time to get those. They're big numbers still, 14 million people, still a lot of people. You can make lots of money with 14 million people, but they just want to, they want to go for like 2 billion people instead, you know? Stuff like yeah, that. it's all about big impact. How much impact can you actually make? How many users can you gain? How many signups can you obtain? Exactly. How many people can you have paying for the service? Bigger number is always better. It's just really, funny how it always seems like uh, to be like a double, uh, double standard, you know, going uh, forward with just these companies. They're always, you know, fighting for, oh, we want, like, you know, neutrality for this or carrier this, and we want to take away contracts. We want, to, we want people to have choice. But then when it comes to apps, it just seems like, oh, wait, no, we want to keep, you know, certain things exclusive. Yeah, and in this particular case, Netflix is, of course, the standout because they're the ones that are fighting for it all. But yet they won't bring their app to BlackBerry, right? And if you think about it, Netflix really does command a lot of traffic for streaming for the purposes that they use it. So they are a pretty big, I guess, uh, contributor to this whole conversation. I oh, yeah, Absolutely. You can't narrow, you can't open the pathways, but then lock the door. You know, it just it doesn't it doesn't work. It's only only solving half of the problem. And I think Chen just wanted to bring that to Senate. It's like 
you're fighting and arguing about one thing when really there's a broader other half to this whole conversation that needs to be addressed. Maybe you know, maybe they put a stipend on it. You have X amount of users, you have to be open. It'd be interesting if BlackBerry was offering some kind of channel with which they well, there was something that they could port applications over. A or lot offer of media, some kind of service for it. A lot of media just treat BlackBerry articles as kind of like a car crash. You know, everybody always it always gets people's heads turning whenever BlackBerry comes up in an article and gadget or something. And then whenever they can make a chance to, you know, take Put some chat context, it's it's an easy it's it's a cheap it's an easy it's an easy oh, yeah. like. You know, it's a Facebook like, it's a tweet. It's an easy read. Yeah. Yeah. Like when and BlackBerry tweeted from an iPhone. They exactly. ran it. It's not news. <laughs> Why are you running this on a news website? Yeah. It's oh, not news, it's just an easy, you know, get attention type of thing. Get people to your website. Yeah. Wait, you know, I mean, we we talk about that. we we talk about Blackberry and their and their neutrality. And we're looking right now at iOS update, DBM, beta. I mean is there something to be said by, like, you know, what I do says more about who I am than what I say? People don't look at that at BlackBerry. The media doesn't look at what BlackBerry is doing and what they're saying. Chen highlights it that, you know, we're opening up bands, we're opening up EDM as part of this, this neutral kind of landscape that needs to happen for the Internet of Things to really be successful. I, I know we all cringe at the word, but there's a lot to be connected out there, and there needs to be some kind of media to connect it. Yeah, but it, they even twisted that to say that BlackBerry had to bring DBM. They had to do this. They had to bring all that stuff. So they it, they, they twisted it to basically say that BlackBerry, you know, they didn't want to go ahead and do that. They fought it for years. They had to go ahead and do it, which, you know, they didn't really have to. Not essentially. It's just a good thing to do it. Did they gain users of it, out of it? Yeah, of course. Monthly active users are up on DBM. For we've seen the stats the the other week there, but you know they didn't necessarily have to go ahead and do it. They could have opted not to, but now they want to. Yeah, yeah this all this goes. Sense. It just it goes, goes back goes, to Brandon. You know what Brandon said makes so much sense in terms of how the application was going across. Fourteen million, or do you want to touch two billion? And if you bring your services to other platforms. It's such a larger user base to monetize. Yeah, I mean, they even spun that whole BBM thing where they mentioned that Chen's like, well, we're bringing BBM cross-platform, so, you know, Apple, why aren't you bringing iMessage cross-platform? And, like, I don't really know the whole deal on that, but realistically, you know, BBM, they can't be hypocrite in that sense where they, they did keep BBM to themselves to keep bringing people over to BlackBerry, and that is something that I, well, um, Apple is doing right now with iMessage. People want their friends on iMessage, which is a way to convert them to go over to an iPhone instead of an Android or instead of a BlackBerry or a Windows phone. So yeah. Apple, I doubt, they're never going to bring iMessage cross-platform, cross or it's at like least anything. not. Yeah, it's like anything. Like I'm a black Apple's user. the only company that doesn't make any other apps for any other platform. Yeah. Microsoft, Google, everybody makes platform or makes applications for Apple. Apple makes nothing for anybody in their mobile world, of course. And they're the largest company. Well, they're the largest company of that size. You know, they surpass Google. Like they're doing something right, right? Like they're selling. They're 
forcing people to buy their devices, and their devices are so overpriced, and they're making such a high margin off of it, that they're doing it right in that regard, whereas Google is making the money off of getting mass amount of people using it, getting their data, and selling their data. It's just a different avenue to go. I'm, you know, BlackBerry's trying to go that route now, because, well, not necessarily exactly like Google, but the route of get more people to use it, because then you can advertise them, and it's just a different avenue. The only thing I like about the iPhone is that you can run BBM on it now. <laughs> that's, a, that's about it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad, honestly, that they are pushing forward with beta updates. I mean, th this app has landscape mode when they took it away from BlackBerry 10 users. Yeah, yeah that's pretty... I don't know about that one. Uh, I looked at that, and I was like, really? Oh, yeah. Listed as number one. <laughs> no, you can, you, can, you can get landscape if you go through the hub, but it's not the same. Yeah. Or, it's know. not the same. I want they my landscape panels. They better have something big planned for, for like, BB10, BBM, because, like, it hasn't been updated in quite a while, and they're doing all this stuff to iOS. Like, come on, please. <laughs> and Android, bringing the BBM to Android Wear. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't remember if I told you guys. I, I heard somebody that used to work at BlackBerry. He told me that they don't have landscape in BBM because it ruins the flow between the apps and because when you have the hub in landscape mode then you go back out and you go back into the hub it's still in landscape mode it doesn't actually switch back even you have it in portrait and I'm like okay so then how come when I use glimpse in the hub it makes me go <laughs> out into the BBM app <laughs> oh my God. I'm like you gotta have a consistent drum beat if you wanna if you wanna play it you know yeah that's a shitty excuse take your bet Killing it for him, man. So, do you guys happen to see this photo of the BlackBerry Classic in white? What do you guys think of a white classic? I honestly don't like it. <laughs> I think but like, but like next week he'll be taking pictures of it himself. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I don't don't my like opinion it. on that, for for any of those white devices, uh, to me, I, I I hate them all if the screen digitizer has the white border on it. I just want to see the whole black screen, you know, the entire thing covered up, just to you know, for for eye candy, I guess you know, just make it look a little bit more aesthetically pleasing because appealing. I should say it just uh, it looks too small. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of kind of brings it down, and I think it should be a device that's going to be more attractive. The black version looks a lot nicer than that. So. I just that trackpad should be white too, right? <laughs> it just like throws it off. I feel. Yeah, it should light up too. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Can we blame Foxconn for that or, or no? <laughs> I mean, it's a nice looking device. The classic's a nice looking device, period. You know, from oh, yeah. that standpoint. So, what's, what's the backing on the on the classic, the white one? Uh, I believe the post the post says it's like uh, it's uh, it should say. Like, is it? It's not like the Q10. <laughs> no, I think it's the exact same material, only white. Is it like Z10? Yeah, it looks like a white rubberized, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like the Z10, but like I, I don't know. Blaze is a classic. I've got one. It's better than the Z10 back, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely grippier and nicer quality feeling. Yeah, I mean, you can see it there. Like it definitely has a really nice aesthetic to it as well. The white looks nice. It blends off the little classic logo on the on the camera panel there. I suppose we should say that that one, that that particular device, also sort of looks like it's a little bit, you know. Rough around the edge, just like it was a prototype device at some point. Obviously, because the serial number is not even out here on the bottom. But right, right. A brand new, fresh out of the box one would probably just look a little bit sharper. 
but personal hey, Kevin, uh, can you switch the digitizer from the black classic to the white one oh, to yeah. get that look Absolutely. you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'll be interested in that. Yeah, definitely. That, that's a project for another day. I, I just got my Frankenberry up and running. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this for a little bit. <laughs> Kev, can you, like, tell everyone about this, what you have done, what you've put yourself through just to get a Z30? Just, like, real briefly, because I love this story. <laughs> okay, well, uh, basically, for the better part of, what, like, six six months, I think it was, I've, uh, I've just been piecing together the Z30. I didn't feel like paying full price for the device, which... That's another story. Um, basically, I, I wanted to just get the screen. I got that done. I got the frame, got the battery. And the first go-round that I had with all the pieces of the equipment, uh, it, it only ran me about maybe 130, 140, somewhere in that range. And I was ecstatic. I was like, yes, awesome, great. Now all I need is a motherboard. So I get a motherboard. So I go, I hunt down, trying to find the STA. 100-5, once unlocked for AT&T and T-Mobile and whatnot, and, uh, and, and I, I find one, luckily, but it was decommissioned, uh, you know, as far as the pin numbers and all that, so I saw that on eBay. I was like, yeah, you know what, like, this, this isn't working. Um, so when I got it, it literally only had, like, uh, the testing software for the screen, like a touchscreen test. You can see that you have to trace around the outline of the phone, and it'll it'll just follow and highlight green when wherever you place your finger, um, and it would test like the speakers and such and such, you know. So that's all that that software would do, and I don't know what else, uh, you know, would be possible with it. So I tried updating it to one of the uh, one of the official devices out there, and it just bricked the device. I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I had no way of going back over to uh, to the old software that was on it. I tried contacting BlackBerry. They're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. This this OS, it wasn't even it wasn't even BB10. It was literally just a testing software. It was like 4.0 something. And they're like, no, that's a legacy device. I'm like, no, trust me, this is not a legacy device. <laughs> I assure you, it's a Z30. It's like, well, can you take out the battery? I was like, you work for BlackBerry. I cannot take out the battery on this device once it's pieced together. Like, it doesn't work that way. It's like you can't just do a battery pull. I was like, oh god. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to find all the parts to it. Uh, eventually, you know, sometime uh, just last week, I wound up getting all the parts, got a piece together, and the screen stopped working. <laughs> so, <it's> like, <laughs> so I had to yeah, wait another week to get the new screen, and uh, you know, shelled out, you know, more than what BlackBerry was selling it for recently on their their 250 <laughs> rate. You know, so I wanted to get more of just those parts, this, but uh, I have I have plenty of spare parts if anybody needs them. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's up and running now. It's great. Uh, I'm I'm very very pleased with this device and it looks absolutely fantastic. It's up and running as you can see. Uh, Ooh, that very slow logo. Oh, I gotta have that on the Good old Poodle. I'm using the same exact background. That's no, uh, me too. Wow. We're so cute. You guys are cute. <laughs> it looks better. It looks so much better on my phone. You don't understand. We can work A bunch of dorks, Chris, right? I know. Nerds. <laughs> Chris is like, all right, guys, bye. So, so it'll hold me over until I get my AT&T passport. So I'll just trade in like my, my Q10 or Z10 on, on the next program, and I'll be good to go. So, so is the official name Franken30 or Franken30? <laughs> I've named it the Franken30. Yeah. Frank and 30? Right. That's literally the name of the device I changed. <laughs> <laughs> in my in Blackberry link it says Frank and 30. All right. yeah. Frank and 30. Got my uh, my playbook is a sketchbook and uh, I don't know. I got tons of other stuff. My my storm was the stormtrooper. I don't know what that's 
many moons ago. Is your playbook a sketchbook because it's kind of sketchy? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one of the side ones, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can't get me started on the playbook, man. It hurts my heart a little too much. <laughs> I, wonder um, the, I wonder if the engineering OS that you had on that yet-to-be-turned-on decommissioned device was older or newer than 2.1 on the playbook. Um, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that it was uh, specifically designed for that device and testing that software, and that was it. I had nothing else to go with it. Hey, James, did you want to uh, go over a couple of questions on the channel, on Barry Flow's yeah, channel? Well, we don't have too many, but um, uh, we have one from uh, Hard Deep Bath, Harry. Uh, he says, please talk about 10.3 release. Any confirmed dates yet? And I think he means 10.3.1, which everyone's like in the red zone waiting for now. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if you want to go with rumors, you have January 27th, and then you have the yeah. official word. <laughs> then you have the word from BlackBerry Help themselves, which is basically February. They uh, they were, aside from uh, Ron Lukes when he was at the other event there, confirming that it would be February, uh, BlackBerry Help is tweeting people or answering DMs to people who are asking, saying that it is actually February, and then that's it. Early February. Of course, right. they, said they also come. They also send that with a disclaimer saying that it is pending carrier approval. Most everybody knows that. So. Yet there's still rumors going on. Well, there have started to be rumors going on that it's going to be a global launch. Um, which would bypass carriers, because they're saying it's directly from BlackBerry, which I know all of us don't agree with that. And James, we were just discussing this prior to going live. Would you want to explain the real reasoning behind all of this and what you really think it is and what it probably is? Magic. They're <laughs> going to magically put this on your No, um, I, I've said that they're probably just waiting for a global rollout. I mean, they've got two juggernaut carriers here in the States, AT&T and Verizon, said to support the Classic, which we know launches with 10.3.1. I think pending those devices actually hitting the network is when we'll see the actual OS update. I don't think they're going to do it separately. I don't think we're going to see an OS update and then a device release. We're just going to see like a unified Windows. Enjoy. Big question, big question, guys. Do you think uh, with the release 10.3.1 OS, we'll actually see emoticons in the hub, or do you think they'll just be, you know, like oh. what they are now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're just like black and white, right? Unicode just translates to something yeah. different. Yeah. No. They're trying to see him. No, you. They're totally full colored on the version I'm on. So some are, are full about, colored. Are you talking about third party emoticons or like the native? No, BBM, black? like BBM ones. I get it right, oh, yeah. right in the hub, just like that. Yeah, no, some of like them. Some of them don't. don't. Yeah, some of them don't translate very well. Oh, you mean before you go into the message, just within the hub? Yeah. I thought you said this yeah. was a big question, Brandon. It's, a, like, little, it's a little thing that happens occasionally. This <laughs> is a business device. I mean. Yeah, so instead, it's it's, so... in case nobody caught what it is, it's like you don't see the the actual pizza emoticon. You see the word pizza. In, yeah. Serious, man. Serious. Sometimes those emoticons <laughs> look sad. Then you go in, and it's actually like a happy face. It's like, what? 
<laughs> I was ignoring this message for like an hour because I thought it was going to be shitty. God damn you, BBM, playing with my emotions. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done that before too, Brandon. That's, uh, I know what you're saying, man. Next question uh, comes from Sean, uh, Mr. Burke. Um, you guys will most likely be talking about John uh, Chen's recent letter to Congress, but I'd like to ask all of you straight out. If you were in charge of BlackBerry's PR, would you, A, support anything John blogs or says on camera, or B, take him aside for a heart-to-heart -heart on public relations, um, you know, perception, or C, just indifferent to it all? I think John Chen is well educated. What was that, Kevin? I think John Chen is well educated on on the situation enough to, you know, just maybe maybe he should have worded it slightly differently. I, I agree in, to some aspect, uh, to some regard. But um, no, I think I think he can handle it on his own. He's already proven every single other interview he's ever been in that he can handle anything that's thrown his way. And I think if anybody really wants to question him, if there's any video of that, maybe hopefully we can find something like that. Where what were those rebuttals? You know, any anybody opposing him, I would love to hear what he I'm coming back with. Boom. It would have been, uh, you know, and PR right now is telling Chen don't do any interviews because they're gonna <laughs> ask that question. Yeah, well, it's a I yeah, it's a large topic. Yeah. I would definitely ask him like, what, what was what was your real intention with that? with that interview like what were you really trying to say and then, then when people would ask me if I was in PR I could kind of expand on it and kind of educate them on exactly what he was trying to say. That's why I'm hoping he actually takes the time to go ahead and do like a follow-up on that. I mean he doesn't necessarily you know, well he does kind of need to clear it up. He doesn't have to but he should in my opinion anyways. But I'm with Kevin. He's the CEO and that's why he makes the big bucks. Yeah. He doesn't make the big bucks to have some PR rep tell him yes or no. Yeah, yeah I agree. He, he, he made a statement, and it's got everyone talking. Uh, other question we have here from FRA. That's not really a name, but um, is there any indication of a Verizon Passport? Probably not. There's as much, <laughs> there's as much indication of a Verizon Passport as there is for a official squared off AT&T passport. <laughs> I'm wondering the, I am wondering that whether uh, whether or not AT&T would actually allow us to get the choice. You know, if we wanted to order from BlackBerry and kind of get that yeah. discount, that would be great. Uh, oh. If you want it straight from the store through AT&T, it's got to be the rounded off edges. I doubt they would they would give you the discount through BlackBerry, but through Amazon, you could yeah. probably do that. Just like, yeah, you'd be able to use the code and everything, you get the squared off one. I'm sure there's no difference. I'm still amused that Alex is discussed. Probably not. Because <laughs> <laughs> all you're missing is like a mug of tea and a little... Something. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> says, says the guy on Verizon, right? <laughs> I have had the passport since the Toronto event essentially sitting in a box in my room because I wanted to use it, but I can't leave Ryzen for like every scenario that I'm on. In the first two weeks that I had it, I tried everything. I spent 20 hours trying to get to work on Verizon and going to various Ryzen stores, and I went through hell. And I just I accepted it's not going to happen. This device <laughs> cannot be on Verizon. So I'll give you a custom built. With care and love. <laughs> 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 
Talk to me in six months. <laughs> I really want to hang out to that Z30 anyway. So. Would you even be able to use that Z30, Alex? Because uh, Verizon is CDMA, no. right? Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to use it, but I have one, so yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, your cab that trade makes no sense for me. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense if you think about it. <laughs> that comes out on top on that one. <laughs> um, the last question we have here is just like um, from some guy with some symbols, no name. There will be more accounts in the hub. Yeah. Prince. See, that person I wouldn't be able to see in the hub. I'd be like, who's messaging me? <laughs> And are they happy? And are they happy? You're sad. We ignore for hours. Will the nonsensical app neutrality comments affect potential customers that uh, might come back to BlackBerry? And no. The way they use the nonsensical. Ouch. Yeah, I know. It's rough, buddy. I mean, well, there's no denying that. That person is shorting the stock. Let me just say that right now. <laughs> um. I don't think so. I, I just no. I don't think so. I don't think those comments are going to proliferate too long. I think it was a headline, it ran for a few days, and that's it. Or if anything, that statement, that the whole situation that John Chen's uh, letter initiates um, dialogue, if anything. Um, that's, that's what's going to, it's going to get people talking. And once we get the flurry of, uh, you know, nonsense, uh, you know, once the dust settles on that, then people will actually look at the situation wholeheartedly and say, all right, we got to identify like, the you reality think of the situation. Of it as well. A lot of the media that was talking about this is tech media. So they have their own kind of viewpoint on the whole situation. They're talking about this already in terms of the all neutrality. This is a letter to Senate. You know? This is a letter to Congressman. So again, to that end, was the message, was the letter really kind of broken? Because I believe they only put on the blog an excerpt of what he actually sent to these congressmen yeah. in full. So we only saw part of it. So you can see how it can be misconstrued yeah. as well. And it wasn't like some socio socio-political you know statement he was making. It was it was more just a, something sure, to do with right. tech anyway. So I don't think anybody would knock on the guy when they're coming back like to BlackBerry and saying, "Oh, he said this about app neutrality." I don't think I think I'm gonna stay away from that. No. Well, I different if he had said that like he hated like dogs or something. People, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't trust a guy who hates dogs. <laughs> I think I think what this person might be trying to bring up more about that is that if you really dig into what he said in a way is that he's finally accepting and admitting to everyone we can't get these apps on board we've tried and now I'm saying we have to go to the government to get these apps on board so in a way I guess someone can look at it and say well BlackBerry they've given up on getting Netflix and other big apps on board so why should I go over to BlackBerry now which that's also totally digging down, and that's not what the point is that he was bringing across. Um, right, because they, they didn't give up. They got Amazon yeah. to do it. You know, Netflix is there yeah. on three Plus. And, it, and even so, right? I mean, you think about all the all the efforts that were put in from the BlackBerry developers to really go out there to these these big name shots, you know, these big name studios, to help them even code and get these these uh, applications ported over to BlackBerry, or just to make them native. They actually went over and offered, saying, "Hey, we will send our guys over there to help you do this." What would you reason? What would your reason be for saying no? I just, you know, I just kind of want to, I kind of want to touch on that from a perspective of de of a developer. Yeah. I don't think BlackBerry. I think BlackBerry is kind of. They were doing a lot, a lot of that stuff at the beginning, but now I think they're kind of with all the different screen sizes and a whole bunch of different things. They're also kind of not making it that easy for 
some of those big name developers to continue supporting apps. So for instance, there's two apps I can think of off the top of my head that don't work with the Passport Sound. Well, they work, but they're all all over the place when you look at it. Soundhound, and uh, there's a movie app called Cineplex, a Cineplex mobile app. And those, the, the aspects aren't there because you could see they were obviously thinking when at the time, when, when BlackBerry 10 first came out, developer relations was like, oh, we're just going to have like portrait devices and, and these type of devices, 720 by 720 for the foreseeable future. And then sure enough, like two years later, they switch it completely. They, they expand it a lot more. So you have developers who actually put in the time to do it with kind of that future mind set there. And now those apps just aren't working because BlackBerry was like, hey, we switched it. And ironically, Android apps have better, you know, automatic layout support. Like, they, they'll automatically scale perfectly for the yep. most part. And then on a Passport, you have three options of how you want the layout to be. If you swipe down from the top and you choose one of the three layouts. So it's like, really, Android apps have better support in a way for layout than native apps do, and it's a lot so more work on a native developer. It's interesting. Yeah, Android has like 10 billion devices. <laughs> right, and yeah. 10 million resolutions. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's cool because on the WordPress Android app that I use for the very full backend, if I scale it to zoom out, it actually lays out the app differently. So instead of just a curated list, it'll put a small side list. Do you, that do you know what that is? on the right, because it's a tablet, I guess. Yeah. The resolution's so large. It reads it as if it's a tablet, and they develop the app to scale differently on a tablet, which is great, and we don't have that. We kind of have that ability, because you could tell it, I guess, like, if it's if it's sideways, then you could have it scale differently, but yeah, if you have tablets, Android has tablets, and there are developers who are supporting for both, so that's one of the added benefits you get, whereas we're not really designing for tablets. I don't think there's going to be another playbook anytime soon. So, Speaking of that, believe, are there any uh, rumored devices? devices? <laughs> you guys say rumored devices at the same exact time. It's just like this is a this is a news podcast. <laughs> no we comment have, on rumored devices. We, we've talked about it before. Watch some of the other ones. We've it. named upstream podcasts after rumored devices. Rumor flow. <laughs> Sam Barry. Oh. Well, that's it for the questions. <laughs> yeah, we'll close it here. We had a good stream of right about an hour, so I really appreciate having everyone on and watching. Um, we'll see you next next week. Take yeah. it easy. Take care. Peace, love, happiness, all that, and then we.